Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually and constantly offer to God a sacrifice of praise, fruits of the lips of those that confess His holy name. And this is the very word of our God as it is found for us in Hebrews chapter 13. Well, as I talked about in the children's message this morning, most of us have a pretty good idea of what a sacrifice is. There are all kinds of sacrifices. You know, every time I go to the hospital to visit uh, someone who is sick, I often run into people who are newborn, uh, picking up their newborn child for the first time. They're getting the car seat adjusted and you can see uh, the excitement and the smile on their face as they're bringing their newborn son or daughter home for the first time. And as I watch them, I think to myself, I wonder if they have any idea of the sacrifices that they will make for that child throughout their lifetime. You know, there are other people like first responders who make different kinds of sacrifices. They literally put their life on the line to protect us. There are still other people who sacrifice their time and their talents and sometimes even their treasures to take care of people who are sick. Sometimes that's a 24-7 job that lasts for years. Or people who are disabled. You know, just before we're about here, ready to start school, I think about the sacrifices that my mother and my father made in order for me to go to school. You know, I am well aware of many of the sacrifices that they made on my behalf, but I'm sure there is a whole bunch of other sacrifices that they made uh, that I have no idea of. In fact, I remember my mother taking me on this week to Arborland in the old days uh, to buy me new clothes to go to school at Concordia. Just before my mother uh, was called to her heavenly home, I said to her, how could I ever repay you for all the love and the sacrifices that you have made on my behalf? And you know what she said to me? She said, by loving your own children, and your grandchildren. You know, in the Old Testament, thousands of years ago, the children of Israel made all kinds of sacrifices. In fact, it was a huge part of their worship in the temple. The children of Israel made sacrifices, animal sacrifices. They brought the first fruits of their grain and of their crops. But these repeated sacrifices that they made did not soothe the sinner's conscience, but rather it stabbed it awake each year instead of erasing their guilt. Those annual sacrifices they made only emphasized their sin all the more. So it is that the writer of Hebrews reminds us that all of the blood of all of these sacrifices could never never pay for the people's sin. In fact, God desired that through all of these sacrifices, that they would be a shadow pointing us ahead to the once-for-all sacrifice 
that God would make on our behalf. Because those sacrifices in the Old Testament only hinted to what was to come. They had to be repeated year after year after year. And so for every year there was a special day when they brought these animal sacrifices to the temple. It was called the Day of Atonement. Atonement is one of those big words. How do you define it? The best way to define the atonement is to literally divide it into syllables. It literally is at one meant with. You see, because of our sinfulness, we separated ourselves from a holy God. In our sin, there was no way we could come into God's presence. We could offer a million sacrifices. In fact, all of the sacrifices we offer couldn't pay for our sins. And so, God would make the ultimate sacrifice. God would send His one and only Son, who the joy set before Him, would endure the cross to make us at one again with Christ. At one minute is what the word means. You know, it's also interesting to note that in the Old Testament, on the Day of Atonement, they would also sacrifice a goat. Now, in our farm, we had a few goats. Goats, I never really liked our goats. You never wanted to turn your back on them. And the purpose of having a goat on the farm, at least in our day, was to protect all of our sheep that would be out in the woods and pasture during the day from wild dogs. They were a protector. But on the Day of Atonement, they would bring this goat into the temple, and they would sacrifice it in the temple. And they would take the blood from this goat and they would sprinkle it on the altar of the Holy of Holies, literally forever staining the wood and the stone of the altar. And then they would take the body of this goat outside of the city to a place of defilement and there they would burn it. Again, picture the scene, blood and fire and smoke, a scene that is repeated year after year after year. But then one day, Scripture is fulfilled as the once-for-all sacrifice is made. The altar on that day was not built out of stone. The altar on that day was built out of wood, shaped in the form of a cross. You know, it's interesting to note that there is a great difference between the sacrifice that Christ made and the sacrifices that took place in the Old Testament. Remember in the Old Testament they would bring the goat, the scapegoat, into the temple. And then they would take its body outside. But Jesus, He offers His life where He is crucified outside of the city. In a place of defilement. Why? Because in God the Father's eyes, He is the worst of all sinners. Because He's taken upon Himself all of our sins. He is sacrificed outside of the city so that you and I can enter into the holy presence of God. You know, no amount of animal sacrificing could pay the price. The only one who can and the only one who did is Christ. You know, when most of us think of a sacrifice, most of us think of it in terms of a negative thing. 
I mean, we have a hard time giving up something that is near and dear to us. We don't like to make sacrifices of time and talents and treasures because we are led to believe that when we make a sacrifice, we are the losers. But that's not true. You know, what is it that moves a Christian steward like yourself to sacrifice? What is it that moves you to give your life in service to God and thanks and service to others? Take a look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. A powerful passage that says this. We love because, what? He first loved us. You know, as I said before, Jesus' sacrifice is the once-for-all sacrifice. But that doesn't mean that the time of sacrificing is over. Sure, the time of sacrificing is over for us in the sense that we can't do anything to pay for our sins. Christ accomplished that once for all. That's why He said from the cross, it is finished. The work of your salvation, it's done. It's complete. But, as I said, what shall our response be? How shall we express our gratitude and thanks to God? You know, the work of salvation is called justification. That's totally Christ's work. How do we respond is what the church calls sanctification. It's literally living the Christian life. How do we live in gratitude and thanks to God? Take a look at verses 15 and 16. There it tells us, that through Christ we are constantly to offer to God a sacrifice of praise. You know, this morning we had two baptisms in the early service. A young boy by the name of Isaiah and Savannah. You know, a lot of times people think that baptism is some sort of sacrifice that the individual makes to get right with God. That's totally backwards. Baptism really connects us to the ultimate sacrifice. God is the actor. God is the one in baptism doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Question is, how are we to respond to our baptism? Of course, we can reject it. We can tell God to get lost. Or we can thank God for this incredible gift that He has given to us. But how do we see a sacrifice of praise? How do we see that taking place among us? Well, what we're doing right now in worship is really a response of faith. A sacrifice of praise. Not only as we sing God's praises. In fact, the word worship comes from the word worth. He is certainly worthy of our praise. It happens when we confess His name. It happens when we go to God and take our needs to Him in prayer. And it happens when we use our God-given time, talents, and treasures. God calls us to offer a sacrifice of praise, not only to Him, but we are to do good for others. So if you have your Bibles with you, take a look at Hebrews 13, verse 1. Here he lists a number of ways in which we can practically offer our thanks to God. 
First of all, he says in verse 1, let brotherly love continue among you. You see, because of Christ, we are a part of a family of believers. And as such, we are to love and care for one another. At the very least, we are to love and care for one another. And that takes place in so many different ways. I see it in church on Sunday morning when people come in and they greet us with their smiles or they give us a hug. Again, let brotherly love continue. Verse 2, a second way to offer a sacrifice of praise is to show hospitality toward others. Hospitality. Some of you are really good at hospitality. Hospitality is that we provide what? Food and drink, and we provide even a place to stay for those who are in need. You know, how do we see that taking place among us? We see that taking place in the Wayne County Shelter. Those of you serve in that area of ministry, that is showing hospitality for those in need. We see it in our mission trips. We see it in our nursing home ministries. We see it in our hardship fund. In any number of ways, show hospitality. Take a look at verse 3. It says, remember those who are where? In prison. Even those who have done wrong need to be cared for. Now, probably most of us don't go to the prison on a regular basis. But through our mission dollars, going to synod and the district, chaplains, counselors, and the like, visit those who are in prison. Minister to those who really need to be encouraged. Next, take a look at verse 4. Now, verse 4 seems kind of strange. How do you offer a sacrifice of praise? Here in this sense, the writer to Hebrews says, you do it by honoring and respecting marriage. You know, God's Word is clear that marriage, marriage is to be treated with respect and honor as an institution of precious value. We honor and respect marriage when we follow God's divine design for marriage. Instead of everything that we see going on in the world today, where people are constantly seeking to redefine marriage or make it out to be whatever they want it to be, we honor God. We offer a sacrifice of praise when we honor marriage. Next, verse 5, it says, and most people know this one, it says, keep your lives free of what? from the love of money, and be content with what you have. You know, it's high time that we thank God in our prayers for everything that we have, everything that He's given to us. Counting our blessings. You know, it's hard to be content, isn't it? Think about the goal of advertising on television, the radio, in the newspaper. The goal of advertising is what? To make you discontent with what you have. Being content is hard. And the secret to being content is to thank, thank, thank God for what you have. Being content and not loving money is what our sacrifice of praise is to look like. In fact, uh, one of the canticles that we sing uh, goes something like this. Thank the Lord. 
sing his praise, uh, tell everyone what he has done. And finally, verse 7 and 17 says this, uh, remember, remember your leaders, remember those who spoke the word of God to you. You know, those spiritual leaders for many of us were our parents, grandparents, our Sunday school teachers, our pastors. You know, in our society today, uh, spiritual leaders are sometimes uh, thrown under the bus. We are to treat them with respect so that their ministry might be one of joy rather than in groaning. Instead of complaining or trying to get rid of the spiritual leaders we have, we should pray for them. We should pray for them that they would be strengthened and guided in their ministry. So the writer to Hebrews here gives a wonderful array, a wonderful picture of what our sacrifice of praise is to look like. And now Jesus, because he has made the one sacrifice for all time, may we, by the power of the Holy Spirit, may we live lives responding to God's love, not only with our words, but with our actions, by doing what is pleasing in God's eyes. In his name we ask it. Amen. We pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we do indeed uh, come before you this morning and say thank you. Thank you for the gift of our salvation. And, and Lord, we pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, help us uh, to live our lives as a continual praise and thanks, not only in our words, but in our actions. And, and Lord, you know the people in our life who need to hear an encouraging word, who need to be, uh, to be not only encouraged, but also who need to be urged on. So help us, Lord, even just in the little things of life, uh, to be about your business. We pray and we ask this in your holy name. And all of God's people said, Amen. We stand as we uh, offer a sacrifice of praise in confessing our Christian faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.